Hi, and welcome to the Young Hearts for Missions podcast. I'm your co-host, Bethany. I'm your co-host, Elisa. And I'm your co-host, Anna. We are three young women who are passionate to see God worshipped among all the nations. Our goal is not to tell you what you should and should not do or believe, but we invite you to journey with us as we discover God's heart for the nations. We hope you join us on this journey. Hello, and welcome to the Young Hearts for Missions podcast. Um, today, we have with us our friend, Abby. Uh, Hello. And yeah, we'll just be interviewing her, kind of getting to know um, what she's done and what her life has looked like. So I'm so yeah, thanks for coming here. on. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys so much for welcoming me on. It's so uh, to be here. Yeah, so good to have you. Okay, so first question. When you go to a coffee shop, what is your go-to order and why? <laughs> this is such a fun question. I love that you guys chose this as your opening question. Um, for me, to be honest, about five years ago, I switched to drinking black black coffee. So mm. no cream, no sugar. I usually, it's the cheapest and in my opinion, the best, just a plain black cup of coffee, usually a small. So yeah, whatever they've got brewed. <laughs> nice. That's very cool. So what has serving Christ looked like for you? Yeah, I guess, so some of my background, and um, I know Bethany from going to school together, and so uh, I've gotten to know her a bit and talked a lot about just kind of serving Christ in different contexts and being in different countries. And um, so part of my story is that I grew up uh, most of my life in Turkey. Uh, So I spent about eight years of my childhood there um, and kind of moved all around the States. Um, I've never lived somewhere other than Turkey for longer than like two years. Um, So Turkey kind of feels like home in a lot of ways. And then when I graduated high school, um, I moved to Morocco at 18 to study Arabic and live there for almost a year. And then I most recently moved back to Turkey again as well. So I've spent in total um, just between eight and nine years of my life in Muslim majority contexts and overseas. Um, And so that's a little bit of context for I guess my life, uh, the timeline of my life. Um, But yeah, the question as I was preparing for this and looking over the questions, um, what does serving Christ look like over the span of my life? I feel like a lot of my childhood was learning and growing. I'm super blessed to have grown up in a a Christian home um, that had a heart uh, just for people to know and glorify Christ like my entire life. And so watching my parents desire that, I think rooted a lot of um, desire for me also in those ways. Um, so I'm super blessed to have exa- amazing examples um, mm-hmm. as of my parents. Um, so I kind of was able to see that as a kid, but um, I think the Lord started rooting a passion in me individually um, to just kind of um, live life for, for Christ's glory. Like when I was maybe 15 or 16, he started just putting those desires in my heart for, for my own life. Um, and I feel like an overview of what that has looked like would probably just be like Christ being glorified in my weakness. Um, I feel like a lot of my life has looked like uh, my weakness bringing glory to the Lord. And that's like a really, it's like such a humbling thing. And I'm really, really grateful that the Lord has grown me through that. Um, I feel like the past couple of years, something God's been putting on my heart is how to like love people holistically. Uh, Mm -hmm. Something that I've been thinking about recently is like, it's good theology to sit with someone in their pain and not to, 
not to like necessarily bring a theological answer. I think so much of my mm-hmm. natural um, tendency is to like want to give an answer to things, but it's actually like sound good theology and biblically based to like just sit with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's something that's been put on my heart. Um, and um, yeah, maybe just realizing that like God's love isn't dependent on our actions or our acknowledgement of um, even our acknowledgement of him. It's more like through our, um, just surrender and submission to him. So I think like um, something that the Lord has kind of confirmed in my heart again and again is just seeking first his kingdom um, and then all these things will be given to you. Um, I think an example of this in my life maybe that the Lord kind of showed me is um, uh, I remember when I lived in Morocco, I actually went with um, a group of uh, a group of people. It was a secular organization. It wasn't like a Christian um, thing at all. And, um, and I remember being at school and just hearing conversation about Jesus and feeling like he was being really misrepresented. And that really hurt my heart really bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember my response toward that was just like frustration. And I was like, Lord, like, I remember just having the prayer, like just praying, Lord, make me love them the way that you love them. And I remember like the next day coming to school and being absolutely seeing them in a completely different way. Um, and I feel like this has kind of happened again and again through my life of just like, Lord, give me your eyes in this situation. Help me to love them the way you do. And then it's like a love that I could never have conjured up in my own actions or in my own um, self, like is able to be produced, not by my own strength, but by the Lord. So I feel like maybe reliance would be the biggest word to describe how my walk with the Lord has been so far. Wow, that is so good. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, just, I love what you were saying like about, consistently like just sitting with people and like how that's biblically based too I feel like the same way sometimes I can feel like defensive or feel like mm-hmm. because like if I don't say anything then I am like not staying true to my beliefs but I love that like yeah just what you're saying about that you really can just sit with people and be there with them and yeah that's what Jesus did so thank you for that mm-hmm. Um, the next question is, what is the funniest thing that has happened to you overseas? This is so fun. I When I read this, my mind went so many different places. So, um, But I think the one that I'll share is, this is just kind of a fun cultural story. Um, I When I was in Morocco studying Arabic, I was able to live with several host families. Um, and one of my host families was uh, just four people. It was two daughters, and then it was a mom and a dad. And it was like... Um, yeah, the dad was a university professor. They were a bit more um, culturally, I guess, westernized than some of the families that I interacted with there. Um, but they also had some very rocking cultural values. So it was really fun to live with and interact with and learn from them. Um, and I just remember one time sitting, we were sitting around the table at dinner, like nobody was really talking. We were just kind of all like eating our soup. Um, and then on the TV comes on like this song that the uh, mom and daughters knew and they just kind of like start a little bit dancing and like moving back and forth just a little bit and we were at that point we were like wrapping up dinner and it had been like a pretty quiet dinner um and then literally with with no one saying anything no um yeah no it, it was just kind of funny how naturally this happened but the dad just like knows it's his time to go and he like stands up and walks out of the room and then um and then as soon as he closes the door behind him, the ladies stand up and start like dancing just like 20 <laughs> times as much as they were a couple of seconds before that. So it was really funny. Like the man left and then the girls could like 
dance and they were just like teaching us all of these dance moves that were not were not appropriate for male company so it was really funny um and we ended up dancing for like an hour together we got so sweaty just like dancing in a circle and it was just like that would never happen at a dinner table in america but it was so fun i love that Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, so that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder if I ever get to see that in the future, but that'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm, so, what do relational dynamics look like in your context? Hmm. This is a really fun one too, because I feel like relationships are what make life kind of exciting in and out, um, day to day. And so, I don't. Know, I guess like one relationship. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I think that it's so important to have community. Uh, one relationship I think of, I actually got to become really close friends with a Moroccan believer um, who had faced a lot of different things in her life um, in Morocco, just like of uh, not being accepted. And she's and it, it's illegal to be a Moroccan and to be a Christian. So she faced a lot of persecution when people found out that she was a believer. Um, so one relationship that was really formative for me Uh, was with her for sure Um, just like realizing her faith was so deeply rooted and it wasn't a um, no aspect of her faith was based on experience or um, even like necessarily an ability to be in community like her faith was so just like scripturally based because that was what she had and she had some element of community too but um, it was just really cool to see like none of the in the church in the west we often see like kind of hyped up events and like a lot of different um aspects of church which can be beautiful and can be glorifying to god too um but just to see like a completely stripped down faith with no uh church event or no i guess uh conjured up like experience of of worship or anything like that like it just completely reliant on the holy spirit just seeing her faith that was so impactful to me um into my walk with the lord um and then um yeah and then in terms of like other relationships i have been able to have i feel like uh a lot of my best friends growing up were um came from different faith backgrounds and were muslim and then a lot of my best friends in morocco were muslim too and i think just like realizing that there's so much beauty in just enjoying the presence of people um, holistically and also just like, I don't know, exchanging ideas and learning from one another. I feel like there's so much beauty to be found in that. And I think like the Lord sometimes puts on our hearts, like be bold in this area. And that's, we need to absolutely be obedient to that. But I think he also calls us to friendship and to walk in love with people. Um, So I feel like, uh, yeah, there's just so much joy to be found in in relationship and and seeing people the way that Christ sees them, which is just with love. So, yeah, I love that. Um, what does the idea of home mean to you? Um, to be honest, this has always been an overwhelming question for me because I've actually lived like twelve places in my life, so it always like um, shifts kind of. Like I could say, I could say five different things and they would all kind of be valid answers Mm -hmm. of like, where's home for you? Um, And so, but I've actually come to be really grateful for that because I think in that the Lord has shown me that my inheritance is not on earth, but it's in heaven. And I think that that's such like a, a profound truth in my heart because I truly don't feel fully at home really anywhere 
because I like all of my family lives in Missouri. Um, my current nuclear family has been in Colorado for quite a while, uh, but I spent most of my childhood in Turkey, but also have ties to other places. And I currently live in like California. So it's like a little bit um, hectic and all over the place. But I think that's such a beautiful thing because I think we're truly like, no matter how uh, much we can feel at home in a place, like we're truly not in our inheritances in heaven. And that's such a like deeper reality. And so I think it's really cool to have um, to not feel like rooted anywhere here. Um, but that being said, there are also realistic aspects of like, I feel culturally at home um, in Turkey in a lot of ways. And then in other ways, I feel culturally at home in America. Um, so um, yeah, I guess that's a bit of a confusing answer, but. <laughs> oh, that's definitely not easy. Um, yeah, but what do you do when you miss, I don't know. Yeah, when you miss certain parts of different places, what do you do then? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, probably cooking, to be honest. I love, I love cooking so much. And just like, it reminds me of the different places that I've lived. This past summer, I made like my favorite Turkish soup and then I just made it again and again. And I love, it just made me feel so like, so much comfort. Um, I think there's so much comfort in food from different places. Um, or calling a friend that's there, or um, there are a lot of things you can do to kind of, especially today with technology, to be able to feel like at home again through things. So, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the passage you said that we talked about all summer, Psalm 84, specifically like verse 10, where it says, Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Just remembering that, like, yeah, God is like with us wherever we go. And because of that, like we can be at home wherever he is. So I just love that. Yeah, so cool. And it's, yeah, such a blessing that we get to experience glimpses of what it means to be home on earth, but then at the same time, not fully have it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, what you were saying, Abby, that makes us yearn even more for our heavenly home with God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, so what is one way you saw God work in your life through your time overseas? Mm-hmm. Um, this is such a good a good question. I think a lot of it was um, rooting out like self-reliance that exists in my heart. I think I had an idea that that uh, my actions were what were going to produce like fruit. And I think I had an idea like, and I think that the Lord does require our obedience and he asks for our obedience in action. But I think I had a lack of surrender in my heart. And so I think the Lord um, just really kind of showed me how to, how his power is made perfect in, in my weakness and how like um, ultimately he's the one who brings people to himself. It's not, it's not something that we can do on our own strength. Um, and it's not, it's something that we have to walk in obedience in, but it's not something that's reliant on us. And so, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I guess I could share a couple stories of how, um, the Lord was able to, uh, use my time in Morocco. I feel like, um, honestly, when I think about my time in Morocco, I think about how he just kind of gifted me with a bunch of little lessons throughout my time there. I feel like it was more um, to grow me personally in my walk with him than for um, anybody else, which kind of like crushed my idea of like, I guess, working overseas. It's like, okay, like this is a, 
in the 1040 window, like this, I might be the only person who knows Jesus who meets any of these people. Like, got to tell them, like, got to tell them. And then there is an urgency. Don't like, there is absolutely an urgency. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really cool that the Lord kind of graciously taught me so much through that experience. And he wasn't afraid of my weakness. Like he wasn't afraid of my ignorance in those things. Like he's so much bigger than that. And so I think that's what he continually um, taught me. But one of the most powerful relationships that I think he taught me a lot through was my relationship with my host mom. This is actually a different host family than the story that I shared. Um, cause I lived with two different host families, one of them for much longer. Um, and the other one just for a couple of weeks. So that silly story was with the one I lived with for a couple of weeks, but then I lived with a different family, um, for almost the entire year. Um, and just became like best friends with my host mom and she was a very devout Muslim woman. So she prayed five times a day. Um, and I watched, she asked me to watch her pray quite a bit. So I would watch her pray and I would pray with her and like for her in those times. And, and she also, she and I just got really close. Like we would sit on her couch every night and like watch TV together. And, um, it was a really interesting thing because I felt so much urgency to share with her about Christ, but I felt like the Holy spirit kind of gently saying like, don't say anything yet. Like, don't say anything yet. Don't say anything yet. Um, and until the very end of my time there. Um, and so it was really cool to kind of, uh, learn that he wanted me just to build a relationship with her. Uh, and we actually have such a deep friendship now. Like we have talked through so many difficult topics and have like really become close. And she showed me all the time. She showed me videos about Islam and videos of Christian converts to to Islam. And like, she would show me these videos and, um, and they, and she doesn't speak a word of English, but she would show me the videos in English. And I'm like, it's kind of funny because she doesn't understand what they're saying, but, um, but I loved it so much. Um, and we would cook together and all these things. And, um, yeah, at one point she kind of asked my beliefs on, actually the issue of abortion and she was telling me in Islam that um that women who uh have become impregnated by a family member have to commit have to kill the baby but um but in any other context it's like horrible to have an abortion and she was like you believe that as Christians too right um and I was kind of able to share with her like like, wow, that's like, that would be a really heartbreaking situation, but actually like the life is still so valuable. And I was able to share, um, some scripture with her through that. And I shared, um, John, I think it's, no, no, sorry. It's Luke chapter six of, um, Jesus who interacts with the adulterous woman Mm -hmm. and, um, just like his way that he approaches her sin and brokenness with such, um, grace and redemption and like a high call of turning from sin. Um, but also just with like, um, just so much grace. And so I was able to like show that to her and allow her to read that. And she was really challenged by, um, that idea of like, not, uh, not necessarily having legalism within that and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was really cool to be able to rely, um, on the Lord in that way. And in those, in that relationship. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, that is so good. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So before we end, do you have anything else you want to say to our listeners? Um. I don't think so. I want to hear more about the heart of your guys's podcast at some point, but <laughs> I'll ask you after. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Definitely. Oh. Yeah. Elisa, do you want to pray us out? Yeah, I can do that. God, thank you so much um, 
that we have the privilege of having Abby here. Thank you for how you've worked in your life. Thank you that ultimately our home is with you. Um, and thank you that you have loved us so, so much. Um, I just pray that um, you help us, our listeners, um, love the people around us as you have loved us, um, to just build relationships with them and reflect who you are. Um, and pray that, um, Lord, we cannot do this without you. Um, so we pray that for your Holy Spirit to always um, lead us with what, when to say and when not to say and what to say, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us, Abby, today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys for letting me join. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, okay. we'll see, see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>